I'm hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hi, welcome to the cast next door, the podcast where we love your mother's cookies. I'm your host, Corinne McLean. Our guests today are Dan Costa. Howdy! And Park Parkinson. Hello, hi! And we are going to be covering Minute 90, which is all credits. For those of you following at home this closely, which I don't think anyone is at this point, but still, (laughs) uh, that is one hour and 29 minutes and one second to one hour and 30 minutes like this movie gets it in (laughs) under the wire man Mm -hmm. yeah most of our movie was was music and there were some other things in it and yeah so what did you guys have to say about it well uh you know i thought the craft services and the accounting (laughs) were great yes Uh, i had no problem with the rigging or gaffing yeah no the lighting's pretty good in this (laughs) so like you figure they had good support the crafty in this show i don't know if you've heard but it was legendary because of all the (laughs) the food based sex puns in this movie they just they (laughs) you know Every day it was something different. It was your mama's cookies Wednesday, and uh, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> the list read out pretty quick, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was only one day of shooting, and principal photography was over that quick because they ran out of cookie puns. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, the script supervisor's name was... Uh, Marvel Wakefield. Thank you, thank you. I wrote down Marvel and not Wakefield, which I thought was a kick-ass name. Oh. Yeah, I'm betting it's made up to hide their work on this behind someone else's name. I was going to say, yeah, the, the Alan Smithy. Of, I, I wonder how many... I don't know. I'd say there weren't... Um, it's it's not a movie... In, in a technical sense, I don't think it's a movie to be ashamed of. No, it's, it's um, technically it, a very well-done movie, particularly for its budget. Yeah, for four million bucks... Uh, uh, which I assume a hefty percentage of which went to J Lo. Mm-hmm. This this was a pretty well made, looked good, you know, movie. I, I both in terms of of direction uh, and in terms of like you know cinematography, lighting, like it looked it looked good. It looked like a it looked like it cost a lot more than it did. Everybody is given the best they can to what they've got, and I really think that we can blame Marvel Wakefield and <laughs> numerous other folks for many of the problems with this movie. I don't think it's an embarrassment to anybody. It's you know, the movie is what it is and um uh Ryan Guzman actually it will probably move on to bigger and better things don't you think yeah oh yeah he's he's definitely the in 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 20 years would he's you know incredibly famous like a household name we're all gonna look people are gonna like, you know how he got his start this, this is gonna be like his italian stallion yeah. <laughs> you know there's a sex scene with him and j-lo when he was wow. really young oh my god really uh, uh but we haven't actually gotten to the music of the movie which is what most of our credits are yeah, um, I think the most interesting credits are the are the songs. Yeah, um, um, they're all pretty bad. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty dire. There's nothing by J Lo. 
No, which is a mistake. I, that pro- that probably would have been the rest of their budget. Yeah, exactly. Everything would have gone to J-Lo then. But, but you, I, presumably I, you could get Christian Chenoweth to do something, like, for probably less budget than J-Lo, given relative popularity. Yeah, I don't, like, why didn't they have them go to, like, a karaoke bar? Oh, uh, that's a good idea. That would have been a really good scene. And then he could have, the, uh, the meathead could have, like, I don't know, wanted to sing something really... I like big butts or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Though, I mean, if he's with J-Lo, that would be appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Like, the little wink and the nod to the audience would have been nice. That would have fit in, to me, that would have fit in with when the movie was at its best, and it was being that kind of... Like, wink? Not winking at the audience, but like, like, clearly goofy. Yep. That, That would have been... That would have pushed it into a more of that territory, and I would have liked it. Well, it didn't get goofy enough, right? I mean, that's the issue with this movie. It could have gone a little overboard, and it would have made it much more enjoyable. I did want, I did want her to do more. That would have been great if she could have sang. I, I wanted had some. I, I wanted something mm. more from Kristen Chenoweth because she's, I, she's really, really talented. She looks awful in here. I think we had makeup come along in our minutes. So I'll make this comment. Oh, they yeah. made Kristen Chenoweth okay. look terrible. I think I've actually said this before. They like, basically. We're like, Several let's take her and make her look like Kate Goslin. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, was the was the point to make her unlikable? On a, I think you know. so. I think it was supposed to be like, okay, you're supposed to look like you're trying way too hard, honey. Right. Um, She's right. supposed to be the bitchy friend. Yeah. In, trying... in the shoes, the way she was trying too hard, and they talked about the, the heels, you know, and all that. I, I, liked, I think I liked the movie more than you guys. I, I thought it was really well paced in terms of when the action sequences happen. Like so, like it comes along in a very good. I I I think that it's good that it we're only getting like it's most of the way through the credits and it's only on the ninetieth minute. Like that's I think that's good in terms of the pacing. But I wanted the whole thing to be much more faster and much uh, more bonkers about how it yeah. was. Like it starts off really like okay we're going to deluge you with information. I'm like presumably that's so you can do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> no, it's so we can dick around for a bunch of scenes. Uh, there is there is a fair amount of di- and, and and not enough dicking around. Dicking around. <laughs> not enough dicking around. There's actually. there's too much dicking around and not enough of the right kind. I, it, there could there could have been there could have been more sex scenes. Yeah. yeah. Um. What what are your guys' takes on you know? And I think it has to do with how you feel about the movie. How do you feel about J Lo in general? Like as an actress or as I a, have no as problem a with her superstar. I, like, I have no problem with her. I have no real affinity for her. Like, I'm just kind of like, yeah. okay. Like, yeah, you do you, I've, J-Lo. <laughs> I haven't seen, I haven't seen many of her movies. And people, I think, I think what, Out of Sight is the one people keep telling yeah. you to see. Yeah. You I should see that. I haven't you seen that. See. I did see um, The Cell uh, some time okay. ago. which I think the I've never one. seen that one. The only other J-Lo movie I've ever seen is Ants. Okay, I've <laughs> seen Ants, but I mean, she does voice work. Yeah, she does voice like work in that. And that's the like only other thing movie. I've ever seen. So it doesn't really I, count. Well, I would say, I thought, I thought she was really good in the cell. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, I don't, like, I don't know if I buy her as, as the sort of, um, brilliant psychologist yeah. she seems to be, but when she was attempting to relate to the character whose head she was inside of. Um, like, I bought her, like, emotionally trying to reach out to someone and trying to make them, you know, trying to sort of comfort and and get their trust. Um, and it also looked really cool. Like, The Cell looks really cool. I don't think it's, like, a great movie, but it looks really good, and it's got some cool elements I like. 
Um, and she did a good job in it. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with her as an actress. I, yeah. she, she's not someone I have a huge affinity for, but yeah, she, she gets a reputation, don't you think, for being a bit of a diva? Yeah, have you heard but the I, story? like, yeah, I, I, I think most singer actresses get that. Yeah, exactly. A, she's a singer actress. B, she's Latina and Hollywood's racist. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> because if you look, I mean, she's acting obviously, but I think she has a real warmth that comes across. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and I think that, boring. like, you see that in this movie. And if there was a wor- if there was a different actress, I don't know if I would have liked this movie as much as I did. Yeah, no, I think she does as much as you can with the with what she's given. But yeah, yeah and you need someone who is supposed to be like who would be the hot mom in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Like, and clearly the hot mom in the neighborhood who you're supposed to feel like she does deserve to get out. More like she's she would be in demand. She doesn't know how beautiful she is. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. It, it's, Which is it's sort of a bullshit thing to like. It's a it's idealize. A, it's a stupid trope, but I think for this kind of movie where you're, she's supposed to be kind of manipulated by a nineteen year old, yeah, it she takes that be kind of personality, right? It yeah. takes someone yeah. who is the kind of the kind of woman a nineteen year old jock would go after. But she has to, at the same time, be not self-possessed enough yeah. to fall for the kind of shit he would pull. So, I, I and and she she has to look like like that. I think it, it was a good it was a good cast. Oh, I think she's well cast. Like I like I think it. I just think she's well cast in something that just has so many fundamental problems with the way that it's written that there's just not anything that she could do to yeah. save it. There's, like, one... Besides the Hong Kong cha-cha. Which, which of is in here because Rob Cohen has the rights to it, clearly. Right. Um, like, it's like, oh, this is something we can put in the background of the, the uh, Chinese He's restaurant for paid. free. He's <laughs> But aside from that, there really isn't... Um, Whispers is an okay song. There... Everyone here, you you said this, Karen. Um, uh, you said that it, 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 everything sounds like a knockoff of a better band. Yeah, or like not, and not even a good band. Like the Touch, which is the Welshly Arms song that was in one of my earlier minutes. Um, that's the song that that uh, Ryan Guzman gets a blowjob to. Um, okay, sounds yeah, sounds like <laughs> knockoff Maroon Five. I see. Um, I I thought I sounded like they thought they were really they really think they're the Black Keys. Yeah, and they're really not. yeah, no, they they're think really that they are, are way cooler than they are. And this is proven by the things that, that is on their website. I encourage people to go back to go out and, and look at that because I think our podcast is probably the most publicity they've ever had. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a really hard time finding lyrics to these songs. Yeah. Because a lot of them are just unknown. Yeah. And I think the ones I found lyrics to... I think the writers mm. put those lyrics online yeah. somewhere. It's like the music <laughs> they would play in Beverly Hills 90210. You know, it'd never be real bands that you've ever heard of, but like right, right, right. They, they, yeah. they're yeah. desperate for anyone to hear their music. I was I was going to say stuff you'd hear at the Bronze uh, on Buffy, but you're right. Yeah. 90210 oh, was man. better cuz yeah, they played so... good stuff at the Bronze. Yeah, right, exactly. But there, there were a couple of songs that um, I want to say, like, As Long As You Are Mine, a couple of those that really mm. it really sounded like late 90s, early 2000s shitty music. It's like one step above Muzak, 
Like, <laughs> like you take the lyrics out, and most of these could be successfully played in an elevator without bothering anyone. Well, Ralph Cohen was too, um, he was too worried about getting his own music into the movie, that, like, he, he didn't care about any of the other bands that were playing. I, was, I, think, I like, truly think that is in there, because cause it's from Dragon the Bruce Lee story, which is mm-hmm. another one of his directorial credits. So I yep. truly think that that's in there so that they could use it for cheap or free. Of yeah. course. Or he just yeah. really likes that song. Maybe he just really likes it. <laughs> that would explain why they decided to set that scene in a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, because I guess they ran out of other late 90s, early 2000s music <laughs> to play in. Cat <laughs> um, um, Dahlia, My Garden, is the one that sounded to me like that should be a singer at the bronze on Buffy. Yeah. While, like... Buffy and Angel are having a spat, or he's Angelus, and they're having, like, a weird, you know, love-hate thing. Oh, man. I think that's the epitome, though, the late 90s, where they would want to have trendy-sounding music, yet um, musicians were still making enough money that they wouldn't license their music for TV shows. Mm -hmm. So you would get these, you know, generic songs and generic bands, and that's exactly what I hear when I when I think of the songs from this movie. It's all, it's all just like kind of third rate. Yep, that does have that does at least continue. Yeah, you know, I would. I can I can I read some of the lyrics from the song? Oh, oh please, please. please. I would, this has because this has this continues a little bit of the sort of, um, the wittiness of the boy next door <laughs> is the featured wit in the lyrics. <clears throat> <laughs> you can't even get to the first so the, word the, with a straight the, face. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of bitches, and they have a lot of wishes. They be fiending for the riches. Now you gotta give them more. My garden's wide of daisies, and it's untouched, complete. Check here, my rhythm, baby. My sky's been looking angry. My garden's wide of daisies, and it's untouched of sin. My roots been craving lately. To soak in your diamonds. Huh? <laughs> Digging, you want it. And I want you laying on me. My flower beds call your name. Name, name. I'll let your mm-hmm. rain fall down if it sparkles like diamonds. Just let me wear the crown. My garden's appetizing. I'll let your rain fall down if it sparkles like diamonds. Just let me wear the crown. My garden's appetizing. I don't think she's wow. talking about a garden at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm swooning right now for you, Park. <laughs> this, uh, turning turning pop songs into um, uh, spoken word. Music. My uh, my wife once did um, for uh, we both have MFAs, and uh, she once did uh, at a at a at a reading. She did. Um, uh, oh. F- What's the Vanilla Ice song everybody knows? Ice Ice, ice, ice Baby. baby. Ice, ice, baby. <laughs> ice Ice Baby as a as a as a dramatically read poem, and didn't say what she was doing. She just wanted to see how long it would take the audience to catch on that that's what mm-hmm. she was doing. Yeah, and it was great. Like like the the wave of of recognition yes. through the audience. <laughs> Stop, collaborate, and listen. Must have gotten a few people. Oh yeah, yeah. Stop, <laughs> collaborate. Listen. listen. I think by the time she finished that, <laughs> yeah, the audience right. was split into people who were alive before mm-hmm. 1985 and yeah. the rest of everybody yeah. else who was too young. You know. 
Uh, I did a dramatic reading of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds in, like, 10th grade, and I thought I was so clever. (laughs) (laughs) I think I got a B. (laughs) That's that's the kind of song that, actually kind of like this song, that's the kind of song that really wants... Yeah, really wants a kid to take that to elementary school and do a dramatic. Oh man, it's so deep, man. Yeah, we had a class in high school where it was the whole class was memorizing and performing poetry, Um, and there was this one really unfortunately dorky kid who, every time you were given the option to use song lyrics, would do something like "The kids aren't all right." (laughs) and yeah these are all songs that wish they were that good and sort of strike that same tone of oh god please don't turn me into anything that anyone's taking seriously yes i have to say there are there are a couple of of um if anyone wants to go look there's a YouTube playlist with most of these songs on it. Not the Hong Kong Cha-Cha, sadly, which is the best song in the movie. But uh, mm. a, a large number of them, they're either of the artists who put the... I'm sure, you know, they have up... Yeah. Make sure their own stuff is uploaded. And, and some of them look pretty pretty low budget. Um, or they have scenes from the movie. And the scene from the movie that gets used in the videos for the song movie all the time is the Diet Coke break, where, um, you know, uh, uh, the boy next door is showing oh. Vanilla Kevin how to work on the car, and J-Lo is looking down from the second story, checking out um, huh. Ryan's arms. They all use that, which is, I think, of, like, if there were going to be an iconic scene that wasn't the sex scene, no. that should totally be it. At like least that visually. sums up the movie. Yeah, I see a lot of them with that the moment of him, like with with without her face in it, just him, her underpants, and kissing her stomach. You see yeah. that? Really? <laughs> I, 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 I like yeah. that's what I, is coming up when I'm looking for videos. Of the, I see that too on the inside of my head. <laughs> yes. Well. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to spring a question on you guys. I think it's appropriate since we're the music part of the credits. What is your favorite? use of a popular song in movies or a television. Oh, God. This is hard, I know. And if you can't think of your favorite, just one that comes to mind, I'll start. I, uh, Boogie Nights, I mean, it's full with uh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. tons of them. Sister Christian and God Only Knows from Boogie Nights is is really, really amazing. Two amazing scenes. I think there are probably are a lot of, like, like I want to say, I want to say, like, a, a jukebox musical. You know, because there are yep. a lot of good ones that that uh, that would totally work. Stand by me is probably the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, uh, because it uses the song really well, um, yeah. and that gives the movie Very a title. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's a really good job. The other thing that's popping into my head right now is because in a way it would be a really good jukebox musical is uh, the ending of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> yes, I don't like kiss and they use the kiss version of that song but that's not where the song originally comes from it's by a band called argent which is way better and and also less known than kiss obviously but um and it's a really long kind of repetitive song which is for kiss too uh but it's also a good song with as like a rock fan it's a what is the song? Just kind of resonates. God gave rock and roll to you oh yes i love that song. right and it's and <laughs> I thought it was a really good way to show them being 
good, even though they don't actually show the parts that are are impressive on a guitar are not really shown in the movie. Mm-hmm. But you know, I thought that was a, that, that was a good like use of pop song that people hadn't really oh, yeah. played very That's much. That's great. That's fantastic. At least not in a while. Oh, oh man. I'm trying to think. I hate to... I sprung this on you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, like, completely coming up blank. Like, I'm coming up with, like, random things that are reasonable, but nothing that's, like, my favorite favorite. Like... Did you ever go buy a soundtrack after, like, right after going... Oh, you know movie? what? This is this is the best way to answer it, is the Cruel Intentions soundtrack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a great really soundtrack. soundtrack. Um, and there's a great, like, the... Like, there's a great use of, a, of the Counting Crow song, um, Colorblind. Um, mm-hmm. And like it's totally like playing into the, this, that same this soundtrack. Sappy, this soundtrack like, yes. wants to be the cruel intention. Exactly, right. it that's so right. wants to yeah. be that soundtrack, yeah. and it's not that soundtrack at all. Because um, that soundtrack is great, <laughs> and okay. I will defend that to the death. <laughs> We're talking about. I need you guys to judge an early snarky moment of me and my brother, and this involves a soundtrack. So. We were leaving Karate Kid 2, and we both remember this clearly. And this older woman was leaving in front of us, and she said, Now that I've seen the movie, I love the song so much more. And me and my brother thought it was the most ridiculous thing that we ever heard. And we, like, laughed our asses off. But now thinking back, I don't know if that, I think that might be okay to like a song because of the movie. So oh, were yeah, we dicks? I totally oh, yeah, I think that's okay. <laughs> I, that's, it's weird that she went in... Which, wait, which, which, song think, which song? Is that, um, I'll be the one <laughs> that will fight for your honor. I, it's, what's weird to me is that she went in already a fan of that song and huh. the movie made it. Yeah, I'm telling that, you. That, that's a weird am... example of that happening. Yeah. But there are definitely songs <laughs> that I like partially because of my attachment of them to like characters and narrative from films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I they feel definitely... like that's what musicals are trading off of, right? Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, there are definitely. Yeah, certainly. If you take it, if you brought it to like musicals, there are certainly songs from musicals that I like a lot that I don't think I would like nearly as much, if at all, if they were just out there. Partially because they might have been met really ironically in the musical. I would say after the soundtrack, let's see. They end with with the song "Whispering," which I do think is actually. That's actually a From the Bronze song as well, but it's kind of decent. Yeah. Is that it, the, the song that's playing right before our minute? Or... Uh, like, the song that's playing over the ending credits is not awful. Like, it's just mediocre as opposed to awful. Right. But that might be a different one. That's like the really slow... Yeah, that's whispering. Yeah. That sounds like, um... Oh, who's the sexy thumb? CeeLo Green. <laughs> it sounds a little CeeLo Greeny. <laughs> Um, that's something that, 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 uh, Keenan Thompson referred to him as, and I, it's often just, it's just how I think of him now. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, it's not bad. It's, and it sounds like it belongs in this movie also. Like, yeah, totally goes. And that's, that's probably the. It looks like their feature song. If they've got like a song, like they're just playing over the credits. It's like how they're ending up. It does kind of fit like the mood and tone of the movie. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, it does. I don't hate it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, that's high. It's high. a solid C. Yeah, <laughs> low green. That's sorry, but that's about it. I mean, after after the music, it's all like there's some production equ- assistants and accountants. Yeah. There's no. There's no like. Yeah. Crazy crazy exciting. names or anything. 
Yeah, have we got anything particularly interesting as far as names go? I don't think we do. I don't think so. There's no. some, like, mildly funny. Yeah. Marvel was cool. Yeah. Brady Smoot. Oh, old Smoot. Smoot was the legal counsel, apparently. Yeah. Mm. Everything is basically sort of boilerplate after the music. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think we're... I think we picked this bone clean. Yeah. I think everything is pretty much boilerplate for a minute one up until yeah. up until <laughs> EpiPen to eye. Yeah. Up until syringe to the eye and then it continues on. Yep. Oh, I, that, you know that's I think that's that sums the movie in terms of it's a it's a it's a fairly oh this is what would be in a movie with this title and this yeah. basic plot. Mhm. Executed pretty well could be could have more fun with the concept mm-hmm. than it does. Wouldn't it be crazy to take a movie like this and do like uh, from dusk till dawn, like turn like hour, you know, hour and fifteen into it, all of a sudden like vampires appear. appear. Oh my god, that <laughs> would be like, amazing! You know, like a little gremlin comes out and starts like chewing on people, just to like. I would love to just fuck with people, like make a real romantic comedy, and then all of a sudden, like turns into zombies. Or... It it turns out a half an hour through, it turns out she's a werewolf, <laughs> she's... but and and he's a vampire, but yeah. then also her husband's a vampire. Well, he's a Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's a, a grim. He's thing. a grim. He's a grim and, then. I think it's and, that's Ke- and Kevin's there. a Skellington. <laughs> Kevin is a... Skeletons have way more Kevin is like a sheet ghost. Like, the lamest Halloween costume you could ever be. And and let me just say, as high school people go, I would have related to Kevin the most, but... um, Speaking of other things, do do you guys have anything to plug? I soon will have a podcast going with my friend Dave, where... Um, we will be, people will force us to watch a movie, but they will have to come talk to us about it. So we're still working on the, um, the title, but I think John Ryan had a good one with called a captive audience. So, oh, nice. Oh, I like that. That's uh, good. Please. Uh, I'd be honored if you guys were to do an episode, but I totally, I want to force you to watch a movie. I, I, I already I have know the so movie many I would force you to I love watch. to force people All to right. watch. I love it. There's, All right. I do have one thing to plug. Um, I, I don't usually, but uh, coming up soon on our, our sister podcast, A Talking Cast, uh, we are doing a Christmas episode, which I think this will come out before then. Uh, that should drop on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Uh, we are going to, we have, we have, well, we're going, we're, uh, well, the episode is on uh, a Christmas puppy, also yeah. known as a Christmas mm. spirit. Uh, it's my third David Dicotu joint that I have watched. It is terrible. Uh, <laughs> everyone should. Is it worse uh, than a talking cat? Uh, it yeah. is a worse. It is a worse movie. It is more competently made. Myself and Josh Hollis and Andrew Schwartz. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Andrew's lovely. Super funny. Yeah. Andrew and, and, yes, and is great. Um, are uh, all talking about a Christmas puppy? Um, which also has in it Lisa from the Weird Science TV show. Yes. And Marsha Brady. Nice. Oh. Two that's actresses weird. I will not dignify with looking up their real names. Well then. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything nearly that cool to plug, but I am occasionally present on the internet as uh, at Sweat Tier C, as in the ocean, not as in the letter. Um, 
And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram if you're so inclined, because I think strangers on the internet are actually kind of fascinating. Hence why I do this podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of awesome people who I've met through the internet um, who do awesome things. So. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for, for sitting and blathering with me about this crazy, crazy movie. Uh, it was too much fun. To it you. was great. Thank you, guys. All right. This has been The Cast Next Door. Thank you for listening. I was your host, Corinne McLean, with my guests, Park Parkinson and Dan Costa. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad, or download new episodes from thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Artwork by Josh Hollish, edited by Darren Husted, produced by Darren Husted, executive producer Corinne McLean. The Boy Next Door is owned by Bloomhouse, Smart Entertainment, New Yorican, and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved. This is a first edition?